Welcome to the New School Podcast. My name is Nick Schirmeyer. And my name is Karen Whalen. And our goal for this podcast is to talk about the advent of a new school. And it is called Gibson Eck High School. We're going to be talking to everybody. Teachers, parents, students, administrators, school board members, everybody, to find out exactly what this new school is going to look like. And it is based off of the Big Picture Learning, which is a nonprofit. It's a new, innovative new 20 years innovative way to think about education and we want to explore what does it take to get a new school started what does a new school look like and how does it break the barriers of what we think about traditional teaching um, nick and i are both teachers at issaquah high school in issaquah washington which is about 20 miles east of seattle washington i've been at issaquah high school for 14 years and how many years have you been at issaquah four four years So why is it that you're moving to a new school? Well, I've been at Issaquah for 14 years, and I have taught ceramics for a while now. And I went through about 400 students, just under 400 students last year, teaching six periods a day. So 14 years, 400 students. Has it been that big, that long? Ceramics has been full for a handful of years since we've gotten it back. It's full time. And um And definitely adding a second class has not been unusual. We've got that this year, but Bridget Johns is teaching that. Wow. This year. So going through that many kids, um, it's a lot. I don't get to cover exactly what I would like to cover in the class, you know. They're also possibly going to toll the I-90 bridge. And I live in North Seattle, about a 26-mile drive for me. And Issaquah is directly due east of Seattle. And that bridge will cost me money. So that kind of opened my brain up to thinking maybe I should go teach somewhere else. But I didn't know where I would want to teach except for I knew I wanted smaller class sizes. And I wanted more individual attention, you know, be able to give that to the students. And so that opened my brain about, you know, wanting to teach somewhere else. And I have never applied because I just haven't been ready because I love teaching at Issaquah. I have no complaints about my job. We have great supportive staff and great administrators that have been helping me out, and I feel supported. So when this time for something new, time for something new. So when this school, when I found out that Julia was going to be the principal, Julia Bamba, Mm -hmm. um, you know, she and I came to Issaquah High School the same year. We coached, both of us coached a sport, and I just knew I would want to teach under her. Yeah. So So you already knew Julia for like a long time. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So that explains why you were attracted to this project in the first place, on top of just like the big picture school stuff Mm -hmm. that we're going to talk about. I was just thinking how cool it would be to follow kids and follow the teachers and follow the idea of what is going behind the school and just seeing it kind of how it was laid out. I know Erin shows in her leadership class, she shows Chicagoland, Mm -hmm. a series. What is it on? Is it on TV? It's on HBO, actually. And that follows a school in Chicago and how it has changed. And it was real. I subbed in her classes, you know, so far a handful of times this school year. And it was just interesting to see a different perspective and, and following that from the, from when they wanted to change the school to where it has become. And, um, I think that's exactly what I want to do. I want to see the, I want to see how the kids, what they expect from it and what they're not expecting from it and how that might hit them. We're all going to come up upon these obstacles of teaching there and them learning there. And that's why I wanted to teach there. It's going to be an interesting, weird, growing experience Journey, for yes. everybody. Totally. And I think that's why we're doing this. No, we None of us know what to expect. I mean, we can go to a different school 
you can go to Highline School District or Bellevue or California, but the fact of it is is that none of it is going to be exactly the same as those schools because this is Issaquah mm-hmm. School District. And each district and each school has their different issues and their different strengths, and that's just going to be naturally brought into our school. That's exciting. Yeah. I mean... And you're going to get such a wide array of kids. You're going to get the same kids who used to go to our alternative school, Tiger Mountain, those kinds of kids. You're going to get kids that are really know what they want to do with their lives. And so they're really yeah. pursuing those kinds of things. And yeah. you get to deal with such a smaller kid load. Oh, I'm really excited about that. And I was always a visual learner. <laughs> I tell my students this in my class. Um, when I was in college, I took, I got a D in biology both semesters, but, um, the time when we had to dissect a cat, I got an A on that test just because dissecting it and seeing it in front of me and learning from what is in front of me was way, it just stuck with me a thousand times more than if I was to read it in a book or sit in the lecture class and listen to them talk. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why we have labs. And this is probably why I'm an art teacher too. And I never had a teacher that I felt liked me. I couldn't shut up. I couldn't sit still. I couldn't retain information. I was ADD. So I, I was a challenge. I wasn't disrespectful, mm-hmm. but I was a challenge in school. And so I think I'm a teacher of who I am because of what I didn't have as a teacher, you know, as a student with my teachers. I never felt like they liked me. And that's an awful feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think the kids coming into the school, I'm hoping that they will, you know, I'm hoping that they will sense that and see that and and know that I'm, you know, all of us at that school are going to be there for them and really giving them that one-on-one attention and having a family feeling to each cohort that we'll have. And I'm really excited about that possibility as well. What drew you into teaching in the first place? What was the thing that really got you into? I always wanted, I think deep down, I always knew I wanted to be a teacher but I, um, I thought if I was a teacher, I wouldn't want to have kids. And I, I mean, I never really thought it through, but I must have wanted to have kids. I've got two of them now. And, um, and then my, I had people telling me I should be a teacher. And I graduated with my art major from school in Chicago. And I was working at Old Orchard Mall at Houlihan's up in Skokie. And I was driving by one of the high schools, Leola. And it was a private school, and the kids were playing lacrosse. And it was just like, boom, I'm going to be a teacher. And if you had asked me 20 minutes earlier, it never would have even occurred to me. Mm-hmm. So that decision was made, and I went back and got my teaching certificate. And it was just something inside of me. I, I think sometimes our life decisions are just those things that we make so spur of the moment. And just they come from seemingly nowhere and then shape the rest of our lives. Right. Well, which brings to the picture learning school great time yeah yeah so the big picture learning school is what gibson eck and it it is based off of the big picture learning model and big picture learning is uh individual kind of one-on-one curriculum student driven curriculum so whatever the interest is that the students are interested in that's what drives their own curriculum so i'm I'm wondering about the students. The whole start of this all, I was really focusing on following the students. Yeah. Or my initial thought of it was. And um, just seeing how they, you know, what their expectations are. 
what they're hoping it to be? And who are they? Who are the kids that are going to apply to the school? Are they going to be the straight A kids that want something different and to learn in their own way? Are they going to be the struggling kids? Mm -hmm. Are they going to be the somewhere in the middle? I know this would have been a great school for me, you know, as a high schooler. However, would I have been responsible and, and mature enough to be able to pick my own subject you know, that I can focus on? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm trusting that they are because I see it and I hear about it and it seems like they are. Well, you know what? We'll just have to go talk we're, to them. Yeah. <laughs> we're just <laughs> going to go talk to those students. So let's go talk to Julia Bamba. Okay. And then we'll go check in with some of those prospective students. Perfect. And see what they think. Great. Great. Is that we are designing a school that is truly personalized around students what they love, what they're passionate about, what they're interested in, and what their talents are. And in order to do that, to personalize that learning, is that we have to say that we're gonna look outside of what our school is, look outside the school walls and start to identify um, how can we get our students engaged and loving learning based on what they love and based on, and looking at what the world has to offer us. So we're sitting here with Julia Bamba, future principal of Gibson Eck High School. Um, we have some questions for you because obviously we're exploring this whole idea of a new high school. How on earth did you get involved in this project? Well, um, you know, over the last seven years, I've actually worked part time as an administrator um, so I could spend more time home with my kids. And into last year, I was starting to think about um, getting back into administration full time. And I went to a conference in January. It was a big picture learning conference. And I just loved everything I heard. And my mind just started spinning about the opportunities that we could provide in an education like this for students in the Issaquah School District. And um, from that moment on, my mind was set. And I knew the district was uh, planning on opening a new small school, a new innovative school. And so um, as soon as that opening came, came up, I put my name in and um, was named as the principal for the school. That's awesome. And did someone initiate you to go down to that conference or was it your initiating? Um, well, I, the district was planning, uh, we had an administrative core team that was looking at exploring options for a smaller innovative school. And so there were four of us on the team um, exploring these ideas so that we could come back to the district and provide recommendations and look at different ideas and options that were out there. Um, so yeah, so I was on an administrative team looking at this. And did yeah. you go to other type of conferences to feel out different things? Or did you go to this one? You're like, wow, this is really what I'm thinking. Yeah, um, I went to this one conference. But the wonderful thing about big picture learning is it doesn't just have a exact set way that you do education. There are some major design principles that you follow. Um, the number one thing being personalized learning. Um, the other part is the internships. And so as I really started to research and look into, especially once I started this project in April, is um, how do you take these design principles and apply them to a school, but how do you really find ways to meet the needs of the students in the Issaquah School District? And that is, I think, what I really love about Big Picture Learning is that they provide a, a lot of different ideas and opportunities and some, some of those principles that you want to embed into your school, but you also have to look at your community. You have to look at the needs of your students. You have to look at those kids that are not thriving in schools or are not feeling challenged. What do they need in a different setting, in a different education? And then that's where it really opens up opportunities and you can just start to to look at ideas and explore um, and you know leaning on that path is why we're in the where, where we are right now and doing the work we're, we're doing 
Nice. Were there other options that you guys considered other than Big Picture? Because, I mean, we're still, you know, for me personally, I'm still kind of learning about Big Picture and all the kind of interesting things. And I guess that's part of the exploration with that we're doing with this podcast. But were there other options, other formats? Yeah, prior to um, coming, went before I came on board in January just with the ad, admin core team, the district had already been doing some work in exploring big picture learning. I know there were some teachers and staff that did some visits to some big picture learning schools. Um, I think they really captured what we were looking in and they provided us enough flexibility and enough of our own um, opportunities and our, enough for us to create our own experience for students that um, it really led us down this direction where we didn't have to explore a ton of other options because they really provided what we were looking for and they provide that that flexibility that we're, we also need. Nice. So you and I came to the school, the school high school the same year. Mm-hmm. You were coaching, I was coaching. Why did you go into teaching? Mm-hmm. Uh, For me, I had a great um, experience in education. Like, I loved school. I really did. And I loved, um, I played sports. And so I love that aspect of the team. And so for me, going into education, it just seemed like a really natural transition from going to high school to college and then looking for a work. So um, I just really, you know, I love to to create uh, opportunities. And I love the experiences in the classroom. and And I just wanted to make a difference for kids. Do you miss it? You make your choices, you know, and you know that you have to give it up once you're going in admin. But Yeah, um, I absolutely miss the classroom, but I think that once you step out of the, the classroom and you're still working in a school, you find new ways to connect mm-hmm. um, and you have time to, you know, help students and support them to make connections with families. And so that first year... And second year leaving the classroom was actually really hard for me. Uh, but I was excited because I, I left the classroom at Issaquah High School and I became an administrator here. So I knew so many of the students still. Mm-hmm. So that transition was actually a, a little bit easier for me because I know, knew so many kids and I could still see my students that I had in class. Um, but as soon as you step out of the role as a classroom teacher, you just find new ways to make those connections. Right. And so I've loved it. And I imagine... You know, Gibson Act is going to be the perfect kind of meld between the two things as far as you from for you, you're going to get to know those kids, mm-hmm. then you'll have that connection. And yet you won't be in the classroom. Right. Yeah. Cool. How many kids are, are coming to Gibson Act the first year? 108? Our, yeah, our goal is 108. So that'll be, you know, I think if I teach 150 students over the course of a day, then with 108 kids, then you're definitely going to get to know those kids even as an administrator real quick. Yeah. I yeah. think that's a yeah. It's it's so great to think even our staff being a small staff, the number of students, and then making connections with families as well. That we have an amazing opportunity for this, especially no, for it's so excited. Yeah, it's great. It's so cool. excited. So last uh, Thursday, and we were going to try to catch up with you early, but last Thursday we came in, and it's kind of one of our first, one of my first experiences with the big picture stuff and learning about this kind of stuff from you guys. We went to a Q&A session. You guys ran a Q&A session. You and David Berg, who is uh, the kind of big picture consultant. What is his? Well, so David Berg is the learning through interest coordinator for Gibson Eck. Um, he's doing that part-time this year, and then he'll become full-time with us next year. And then he's also the director for technology for big picture learning. Okay. Oh, he's such a good resource. Like I. Yeah, I'm looking I, forward to talking to him on, mm-hmm. on, yeah. on tape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you guys did this Q&A. And you answered a lot of my questions. How did that go? Yeah, um, great question. So I think the progression on these Q&A sessions. So in November, we did this big launch of here's Gibson Eck. We're opening this new innovative school in Issaquah. 
come hear a little bit about us, but watch this film that we think captures a lot of the philosophy that Gibsonek is about, about personalizing education and getting kids to explore um, their creativity and to explore their learning through project-based learning. And so we did this huge, this launch of the film. Um, we didn't know how many to expect, but we ended up having over 400 people show up for that event. And then following that, we've done three other parent and student information sessions, and we've had close to 500 uh, parents and students come to those sessions. Yeah, I counted about, I don't know, I was trying to do, it was like 150 last mm-hmm. Thursday. Yeah. And not yeah. necessarily including kids either. Right, yeah. So um, we've had a huge interest in that. Um, and really the idea is to give people a chance to ask questions, to hear just a little bit about the model, um, and to get kids to start to think about what would it mean to be a student here and what would that look like. So I think the um, sessions have gone really well. I've loved and I've appreciated the interest in it. And I've also um, enjoyed hearing the people that are still uncertain about this model of this education and really trying to understand it, you know, being open to understanding it, but still um, being honest that it's it's a hard it's hard to really embrace and know when it's something that's so new for for students and it's different than our traditional model of education. Well, I do think that the parents and the kids came out of that like if they had one opinion about it and you know, I when you think alternative school, I don't feel like I necessarily think of it as a a positive place and and that's just my opinion. Like it's tough. I don't think it's been no. pitched that way frequently no. or it's or the default has been you know, it's been some place where kids make up credit, not necessarily pursue a different form of education. This has got such a positive vibe to it and, uh, and po- like a hope, you know, of a place where they can go where they're going to get really deep learning, mm-hmm. you know, not just having to memorize to memorize, but really have that experience inside of them. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, you know, that's the goal and the hope for us is that in everything that I do is it is a really positive experience. I think it's an exciting experience. Not only are we looking at a district as um, reinventing and reimagining school just for our students, our, our district, but I think this is happening nationwide by people saying that we need to look at how we are educating our students in a new way. And we have this opportunity to do it in a small school mm-hmm. that really pushes the boundaries, that gets kids engaged in the learning, um, that gets them excited. I think I agree with you in, in, in noticing that students that maybe are great students but don't love learning or sitting in classes a um, traditional way or maybe students that are just disengaged because they don't have the confidence and they're learning but they have these amazing talents and these passions that are not brought into the school is that we are giving them this hope and saying like no we believe in what you can do we know that you have these valuable talents and these amazing this amazing creativity and that you are smart and that you have a love for learning, but you're just not sure how to go about it. And we're saying, let's bring all of that into this school and make this a reality for you. And is there anything that you're worried about or like the scariest part of this whole process? Is there, you know, there's anything that's in the back of your head that you're thinking about? I think for me, uh, one, it is a little bit of the unknown in, in knowing that this model has been around for 20 years, probably even more. Um, There are a lot of schools that are doing this, but for us to try to do things as they've been done, but also look at new and creative ways that we can explore and bring into the the school, um, I think, you know, we just don't know. And I I believe in the model, and I I think that I understand it to the way that we can make this really happen for, you know, our students and our staff, but we still have a lot of planning to go. We're just, we're still in that we have the rest of this year to start to bring these pieces together and 
and look at the details. So I think that part is, is difficult. I've also seen this excitement in kids that um, I don't know where our applications will land, but if we have over 108 applications, we'll go into a lottery. And um, it breaks my heart for those kids that I think this would be the absolute perfect fit. And if we don't have space in this starting year, um, I think that's that will be difficult. But in my mind, it's in working with our traditional schools where those kids are and saying, like, okay, if you're not at our school, there's a place for you in all of our schools in the district and um, will help you be successful no matter what. Yeah, and I think for, I know for me, and I assume for the rest of the staff that will be there, we're also putting a lot of trust in the idea of what it is and that it's going to be a, you know, a different learning. Some people might say better, but it's just a different learning. And I know I'm putting a lot of trust in the idea of it and Mm -hmm. in you and the kids that are going to be in it too, because my first thought was, are they going to be able to be mature enough? I asked you that, you know, that the eighth graders can make a decision. But then after we interviewed some kids at the end of the meeting and just they knew what they wanted. Yes, yeah, they graders, were really, yes, it was they really were like, beautiful. I want to do this and I want to pursue this right. full tilt of the f- six, seven kids that we managed to interview. None of them were, you know, all of them were driven to doing something specific. So it was really interesting to hear them do that. Mm-hmm. I thought the people who were the most nervous about the process were definitely the parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think when you tell students that we, we are going to provide an environment where you can explore what you love to do. And even if you don't know what you really are passionate about or love to do, we're going to help you get there. And that we want to embed that in your education and that it is real world learning. We want to make this as real life as we can um, and have you learn alongside the adults and make this a great experience. Because we, we, us, the adults, we're definitely going to be learning alongside those kids. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And that kind of brings us to the, the next question here. Yeah, what is this school going to look like when we get there? Like, walk me through kind of what you've seen when it comes to like a student's day. What does that look like for a student? And at- you can take it in a, like a week's time too. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So I think um, this is one thing where if we're you know we're sitting here in January and this could look very different um, oh, yeah. than what I talk about when we kind of go through with the staff and um, using some student and, and parent input and looking at what this might look like when we get to um, September, but. Um, and a lot of schools that we've seen and read about, it, it is really different. Um, but kids have the one important piece of this is that they have an advisory. So the students, we'd say about 15 to 17 students that first year would be paired with an adult that's their teacher, their advisor that will help them develop their learning plans. For and example, me. So all yeah. the teachers, all the six of us mm-hmm. will all have an advisory. An advisory. Yeah. I keep wanting to say a cohort, yeah. but I know yeah. it's not it's a cohort. cohort. Yeah. yeah. I don't know where I was Yeah, going and that, the job of the advisor is to really get to know those students very well, um, get to know their strengths, that you know what their, their fears are, um, and slowly over time and be able to build those relationships so that they can be the ones that are providing that support and that challenge for students, um, knowing when to push their students a little bit more to really um, push themselves, maybe realizing when they need to step in and provide some more support. And so that advisor builds that trust and they begin to design that student's learning. So um, there are a lot of advisory check-ins, you know, starting out the mornings. Um, so Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, students would be on campus. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, after the first couple of months of school, all students would be expected to be out at internships on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And it might be a job shadow too, correct? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they can go and find out if this is a place where they would want to be or, you know, that the match up with the 
business or whatever, whoever they are doing their internship is a good fit too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because we, we don't want to say like, okay, here's your menu of internships and um, here, you know, pick one. It's like, let's start by finding out what the students are really interested in and how do we get there. And that's really, you know, that's part of David's, um, a big part of his job is going through that. So I think I'd love for you guys to talk to him about that. So um, yeah, if absolutely. students are checking in with their advisor, um, their advisory in the morning, let's say on a Monday morning, and then after spending about an hour of time with them and really setting their schedule for the day or the week, um, looking at what their goals are, what types of things they've accomplished over the last um, week, what, where are they in their project work, and kind of setting up a ske- schedule with their advisor. And then um, they would break out into independent work time. And so that's where students could be in the makerspace working. They might be in the research lab or in the library doing some research. They might be out in the um, space where they're just you know, needing to work on their computer or maybe meeting with small groups of students in our space. So we've set the school up to really be flexible mm-hmm. and not have traditional classrooms. But So it's open for kids to um, meet their needs during that independent work time and they're not um, confined to one space for that that entire time. So kids would have that independent work time, uh, maybe meeting individually with their advisor, maybe just working in in those different spaces with the teachers that are in those those spaces at that time. Um, they'd have lunch. They might do. We have what we call offerings. So finding out what kids need. Maybe it's a technical writing class. Uh, maybe it's learning how to use the laser cutter. Maybe it's something on. Um, how to do a podcast, um, doing offerings. So kids are building skills. They're finding out and they're learning things so that they can then implement that into the projects. Maybe they're wanting to explore new opportunities. Uh, maybe they need to build their Algebra 1, one skills, and so they're, they're in it more of an Algebra 1 class for, for an amount of time. And then, again, some more project work and check in with the advisories. So we're going into this next thing i know you have stuff coming up what are some of the next big events the next stepping stones for putting the school together that you have to go through that we we should be following you on either audioly or physically what are the next steps okay i I think of two major things that are really coming up in the next maybe month or, or two months is the first one is we're presenting to the state board of education and we're requesting a waiver from credits for graduation and if we're granted that waiver then instead our students would meet graduation requirements not by earning credits but instead meeting competencies and they do that through um, their individualized learning plans through the project work that they're doing on campus through their community service projects through the work that they're doing at their internships Um, and those are all embedded into the learning goals and the competencies which are completely aligned to state standards Um, they meet our district standards they're aligned to our districts and and statements Um, So if we are given that waiver, then the next step is working with our core team and to really develop these learning goals and these competencies um, so that we can begin to understand them. We're beginning to see how all core content knowledge is is related, how students can explore projects not just through math or English, but how can we pull all of these disciplines together and really get kids learning real world in order to meet those competencies. So um, I think that's a huge huge piece. It's a, a shift for not only for our students, but it would be a shift for our, our teachers and understanding how do we how are we getting our students to graduation? How are we helping them and supporting them? And again, you know, pri- providing that challenge and that support and that inspiration to really do the the real world work to to meet those competencies. So that's that's today, first. right? So that's today. We're going. Uh, yeah, this evening <laughs> is when we'll do the presentation. So we should have an answer. Good luck. Soon. Thanks. And then what's your other thing? 
And then I would say the other thing is really beginning um, to develop our core team and our teachers and, and finding out where our strengths are with that team, um, where people see themselves and in, in kind of helping with the design of the school and how we're in learning and going through that process. I think when we met with the core team the other day, it was really starting to wrap our heads around how do we move from the teacher role where we're getting up in front of our students every day and having to deliver content or get them excited about the learning, um, give, you know, providing assignments for them, to making that shift to becoming an advisor and really thinking, thinking how do we um, have our, how do we support our students? How do we also provide that content knowledge that's important, but inspire them for, through personalized learning? One is um, really d finding out how do we personalize education for students. I think that's the number yeah. one thing that we're doing is providing a personalized education for our kids. It's like they're getting like. a private school, a progressive private education for free. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. I mean, people are surprised when they say, and this is a public school. Yeah, how much does it yes, cost? Yeah, this is, um, this is a public school. I had a student that said she got an email from me because I I'd emailed and heard that she would be a, a perfect fit, and she thought, this is too good to be true. This can't be real. And then when I called, you know, called her to actually talk to her about it, and she realized that it's in the school district, um, she was really excited about it because for a lot of students, they, they can't even believe that they have this opportunity in the, in the public school. And this seems so like good. it's going to have to be the right, kid this isn't going to be for everyone the majority of people you know right it, it's going to be for the kids who are going to want to have this type of setting mm -hmm. I mean we had a student or we were talking to the parent after the meeting last Thursday and in interviewing him and he said his daughter doesn't want to do it mm -hmm. or isn't as excited about it mm -hmm. and um but he's really excited right. about it yeah. and he, he thinks this will be a good place for her uh -huh. I want to yeah. do it I know. I do I, too. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's it's true. It's not for every, you know, it isn't for every student. That's what we say. Um, we're not trying to tr change traditional education in our comprehensive high schools. Um, we hope that we'll inspire them and be able to take some of the learning that we're doing and find out ways that we can, you know, provide it to our students in the comprehensive high school. But for a lot of kids, um, they, they love the traditional model of education and they understand that and that works for them. Um, but for a lot of other students, they're missing the challenge. Um, they don't feel like they have a place in, in school. They're not a, able to show their learning through um, different ways. And so a lot of times they have given up on school, but they're wonderful students and they're they're smart and they're very talented. Um, but we we don't have a way to, to reach those kids. So and that when you say that, you don't mean um, they're not academic. They're not necessarily academically weak. Right. You know, they can be just strong A students, absolutely. but they're just sitting in a classroom with 32 mm -hmm. kids for six hours a day just isn't what they do. Um, so I think the next thing, and this is really where our core team is going to play a role in, um, in starting this process at our next meeting, is we are designing a 7,000 square foot makerspace. And the goal of this makerspace is to really provide that hands-on learning and that inspiration and that excitement for students um, so that they can learn on campus alongside other students. And what does a makerspace look for people who don't know? A makerspace is, is a place where you can really tackle projects and learning in so many different ways. So Are you we'll sitting have, in like a desk with a chair lined up? So if you think about some of the things that we're bringing in there is one would be like an engineering and a robotic space. Um, we're designing a recording studio. Um, we have a space where kids can use laser cutters or saws or tools. There's sewing machines. There's art any art that you want, areas for painting. There are science labs and uh, places for experiments. 
Um, it sounds like to... my dream work studio. It is. At my it, house. Yeah, it is. And it's just huge. And actually, that makes me think of another thing that we really hope that this space does is provide that connection between school and community. Yeah. I mean, the idea of even bringing in artists from the community that maybe work out of a small studio out of their home and say, hey, can you set up and work here in our, on our school during school hours so kids can see what you do and, and learn from you? So when you were talking about offerings, that's what I was going to ask earlier. When you talk about offerings, it's not necessarily us just us teachers giving almost little seminars on on different things mm-hmm. but it's also bringing in community members and having them show kids how to do right. the 3d printer mm-hmm. and what they can make with it and how that can be valuable in a situation for them in the future yeah. and you know their learning process yeah absolutely i mean that is one thing that's so important about this school is that finding ways to really establish that community relationship and say that we believe that people in the community and adults and mentors, they have so much more to offer our students. And I think that also those mentors and those adults in the community can can learn from our kids. Oh, yeah. So the, the makerspace is yeah. really an exciting um, part of the school. I think there's so much potential there. So I, That is going to be a ridiculously fun shopping trip. Yes. Right? When you go and you're like, I want that and I want that in there and I want this in there and I want all these things in this maker yes, space. I know. It could be an expensive shopping trip. It could be a very expensive shopping <laughs> is there, trip. Are, there, are you getting any from anywhere? Like, is this the ISF, the Isqua School Foundation, helping out? So here's what we hope, especially for the makerspace, because I think it is such a community space and such a wonderful learning space for students, is that um, Issaquah Schools Foundation is really excited about supporting us in this and helping us to go out and, and find donations and hopefully get people that are as excited about it as we are and are willing to invest in this. Well, that should just about do it. Let's go listen to what those students had to say after the Q&A session. So, uh, what's your name? Uh, I'm Gabriel Rigby. What uh, made you interested in Gibson Eck High School? Well, I think it's just a cool way because it's a very different way of teaching from what traditional schools are. And I think it would be really interesting to learn about to see if something I think I'd like to go to. Where do you go to school now? Uh, I go to Pine Lake Middle School. What kind of things do you want to hear about at this Q&A session? I want to hear about like more about how the school works and like how the classes work and how grades are kind of worked into all of that. That's, yeah, that's what I want to learn. Perfect. Thank you. Annika, I'm just wondering why you are interested in attending Gibson Eck High School. Um, I like uh, hands-on learning. I like art, too, so I just learn better in a hands-on environment. Do you know anything about the high school and what it's going to look like? No. No. It's going to be very interesting. You're going to find out a lot of information did you introduce it to your mom and dad, or did they bring it to you to find out if it's something that you were interested in? They brought it to me. And um, had, have kids been talking about it at your school? Like, do you have friends who are also interested in it? No, I don't. Are you nervous about possibly not going to the school with the people that you have grown up with? Uh, I'm not really scared about that. I make friends really fast, so. Great, thank you. So I am here with three girls from Maywood Middle School, and I am going to ask them, well, first of all, what's your names? Abigail. Sonia. Anna. And um, I'm going to ask you, Abigail, right? Why do you think you would want to come to Gibson Eck? Um, I want to be able to pursue psychology, which is one I want to major in in college. 
Mm-hmm. That's great. Do you have any thoughts about what you would want to do at the school? Um, I'm not sure, but I want to be a doctor. So whatever, I guess science, I guess. That's great. And what about you? I also want to be a doctor, so I would pursue something in the biology field. I love that you guys are thinking about doing that and being doctors and still coming to a school like this. Are you concerned at all about like getting into colleges and going to this, you know, this type of school? Yeah, I am. Like, I, wait, am I concerned that this is like? Do colleges take it as seriously as you know, say, Issaquah or Liberty High School? I think so. I mean, we talked to our teacher about that, and she said that they would. So, are you concerned at all or anything? I am concerned, but I was thinking about doing pre-med at uh, the University of Washington, and I know they love diversity, so something like this could either really help me or hurt me, so I was just going to roll my dice and see what happens. Nice go-with-the-flow type of uh, (laughs) spirit. What about you? Well, she kind of stole my answer. (laughs) That's okay. Those are great answers. And um, are you worried at all about coming to a different school? Maybe you don't know the kids, although you three would hope to go together, right? Yeah, um, we are friends in our current class. We have a lot of classes together, but I'm good with change, and I like meeting new people, so I'm excited. Sorry. And um, are your parents supportive of, of you coming to Gibson Eck? Yeah, they are. They are kind of like the whatever makes you happy type of parents, as long as they're still successful. <laughs> All right. Thanks, girls. What's your name? Olivia. Olivia. Elena. Eleanor. Okay, so are you girls, what grade are you girls in right now? Eighth grade. Eighth grade. Great. And what is your name? I'm Leanne. Leanne. And Leanne is one of the moms here, Olivia's mom. And so I have a question to you. Um, did you bring this up to Olivia, the idea of give us an Eck, or did she hear about it and she brought it to you? She brought the idea to me. I had not heard of it, and she heard of it through a friend, and she came to me about it, and I listened, and I thought we would explore the idea. Perfect. And do you know anything about the high school? Well, I, d- I looked online, and I did a lot of, I, I looked at the website, and so I think it looks really interesting. I think the hands-on, more um, environment rather than just sitting in a classroom and writing notes and studying, mm-hmm. I think it's a really great concept. And um, I'm a visual learner. Do you learn better from seeing things and experiencing things? Are you a better learner, you know, as a lecture person, listening? Like experiencing things and like doing things myself to like learn how they work and yeah. Great. And what about you? Uh, yeah, a visual learner definitely. Yeah. Do you like art? Yeah. Yeah. Great, because I do too. Thank you. So, what grade are you in? Not eighth grade. Eighth grade. So, in what middle school do you go to? Maywood. Oh, I taught at Maywood for three years. I love it there. Who's your humanities teacher? Uh, Miss Nadell. She's going to be there next year, which you probably know. Right. Um, so you just listened to this, you know, Julia Bamba talk and the, the guy talk. How are you feeling? Did it make you want to possibly go to Gibson Eck more? Uh, it feels like it would be a really cool experience because you get to actually learn what you want to learn instead of just learn what you're being forced to learn. Mm-hmm. And it's cool to see that you can go out into the real world and get to meet with these people who are interested in what you're doing. And I think it would be a great experience for me. Well said, Mom and Dad. You guys are raising a good kid. <laughs> and um, and how are you feeling about him possibly going to Gibson Eck? Well, I'm glad I got the information. Um, my college was a lot like this, very hands-on, very industry-focused. And that's where a lot of the light bulbs came on for me. So um, 
at first I didn't know what to expect, um, but I, I like the focus. I like the fact that you know, there's still standards that have to be met, but connecting those dots with real life is what I'm all about. So you know, hearing that there's a school that has that as a focus is pretty exciting. Right. Yeah. And, um, and how are you feeling, Mom? Or do you feel like this is going to be a good spot for your son? Uh, I think it has a really big potential to meet a lot of his um, needs because he's been um, high-performing but very low motivation and very um, disillusioned dis, uh, with having to go to school every day and um, the, the traditional school model. And for many years, I've been passionate about understanding education reform, so this really fits with our family. That's it for us this time. For the next episode, we'll talk to David Berg, who is working with Julia and spearheading the big picture aspects of the new school. We'll also talk to a few parents to see what they feel about sending their kids to something so non-traditional. And I hope that you enjoyed this first episode. We'll be back soon with another in the near future. Thanks. Thank you.